Bees Radio Network. Live coverage of Bees Home Games. The podcast. The podcast. The well, podcast. hello there, hockey fans, and welcome back once again to the Bees Radio Network podcast, episode 11. Lovely legs 11, and a man with one of the finest pair of legs in the Bratnell Ice <laughs> Rink is. I can't even take myself seriously it's on who? that one. Mark, it's, it's, it's Mark Denham. Mark oh, Arley. hello, Graham. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well indeed. I am. Uh, it's, it's just. Nearly Halloween. There was yep. spooky going ons in the uh, Bratnell Ice Rink over the re- the weekend, but uh, mm. we're getting ready for an, ahead of another weekend of, of grand Before hockey. Before we look to next weekend, oh. can I ask an important question about last weekend? Ask a ve- what is your important question? How are the vocal cords? The vocal cords are fine, actually. Uh, yeah. Um, I did this amazing thing on the Sunday, which is uh, remember to turn the noise cancellation on on my headphones. Mm. So as a result, all I could hear was just my voice and your voice in my ears. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about too much about additional crowd sounds. Even uh, for those of you who don't know, up on the uh, the gantry in the Bratnell Ice Rink is one of the loudest places in the building to hear the end of the period buzzer. Ah, yes. And, and it, 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 I will be honest with you, uh, dear listeners, uh, and great supporters of us here on the Patreon account, it, it scares the bejeez out of you. <laughs> Even though you know it's coming, it still frightens you because it, rings around your head but luckily no thank you mark my vocal cords are uh, perfectly rested uh ready for Good. this how about how about yourself because obviously uh it was a it was a, it was a strenuous weekend for yourself as well having to analyze two very tight games well yeah no uh my, my vocal cords are fine and thankfully you know people are getting over their twitter sulking so it's all good at my end too let's it's 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 fantastic that we we start the show with the end of the weekend for those of you who joined us on the live stream uh, Mark made a, a comment, um, and we have—I've got my own story about this comment, uh, uh, and I know exactly where Mark was coming from. But it caused a—it caused a little bit of furor for those who like to consider themselves in very East London or very West Essex. Um, so, Mark, what did you say at the end of the game on Sunday? So, at the end of the game, uh, and credit to the Raiders—they won the game. They—they uh, they took the points. They won the game. At the end of the game, in our summing up, I said to you that when you look at the Raiders roster individually, they're not the most skilled team in the league. But when you look at the way they play, they're greater than the sum of all the parts, which I thought is a fair assessment. And I think, if anything, it's a compliment. Now, this has not gone down well in parts of outer London or Essex, whichever you'd like to say, but this has not gone down well because they're saying, oh, that's very rude. Uh, very, very rude indeed, you know, and like the not so good players have just beaten you. And I was thinking, well, I didn't say that, did I? What I said was, when you look at the way they come together and the way they play as a team and the way they're coached, they're greater than the sum of their parts. And I, to this day, stand by that comment. So... Uh, I have made a similar comment uh, before about a team from Peterborough, uh, and I made it. Obviously, those of you know, I do, I've done the playoff commentary and the playoff presenting for the last 10 years on the DVD, and thank you for anybody who's ever bought those DVDs. I see zero of that profit. Um, but uh, I have made a comment about the Peterborough team that won the playoffs one year. Um, I made a, a very uh, the comment being exactly the same as what you said. You put the team on paper, there are no superstars in that lineup. There is no player that you're going, that's going to be the best player on the ice. They're an incredible player. But what they are is when they come together, an extremely powerful force. 
And I got exactly the same reaction from Peterborough fans. They only they only listened across the board. There were some who actually listened and understood it and said, yeah, no, it's a true point. It's showing that we're, as a team, a very strong unit because we don't have that individual player that we can just turn to every game. It's all about a team performance for 60 minutes that's going to win us a game. And it's, it is the same with this Raiders lineup. Start of the season, everybody said they're going to be the whipping boys of the league. They haven't really got any players that stand out. They haven't really got any superstars. But if they gel as a team with some good coaching from Sean Easton, they get solid netminding from Michael Gray, and all the players play up to their roles, they're going to be a good team to take on. They're not going to give you a night off. You're not going to have the Cardiff Fire situation from a couple of years ago. You're not going to have the Invicta Dynamo situation from last season. What you've got is you've got to beat a team, which is exactly the point you made and exactly the point that got missed by the fans who only want to hear the first bit because he's having a go at my team. That's sour grapes. It's not sour grapes. If you actually listen to it, it's a compliment. Your team came together on the night and have come together all season long to deliver good performances that have put you in the mid-table run rather than the whipping boys at the bottom of the table. Well, if you take the weekend for the TSI World Bracknell Bees and you were to compare, you know, if you're like doing, say, fantasy hockey and you were to compare the, the Tigers roster with the Raiders roster, you would, I would think, pick the majority of your fantasy team from the Tigers roster. Certainly, if you were to look at, say, the Wildcats roster, there's a very, very strong roster. Yeah, that's, um, that's probably the more, I think that's probably the strong roster. Yeah, let's be ridiculous. fair there. Um, you know, like the Wildcats are a fantastically staffed team. And if you were, right, let's do that comparison. If you were to look at the go down through the forwards, through the defense, uh, and through the goaltending of the Wildcats, and you had to pick one team out of the Wildcats and the Raiders, I'm betting the majority of that team would come from the Wildcats. But yep. what I'm basically saying is exactly what you've just said, the same thing about Peterborough. When the Raiders, who aren't the best team of individuals, come together and they play the way Sean Easton wants them to play, they're a match for anyone and they will take points off people. What I said, I stand by, and I would say it again if I was asked the question, but it was never ever said as an insult. You know, like I, there's comments like sore loser, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing at all to do with the fact that we lost. It's just the, the way I see it is that it was intended as a compliment in that, you know, look at the yeah. way your team has come together and has played a very, very good game and has won the game. It was a compliment, and I'd say it again five, ten, twenty, thirty times if I was asked the question. Don't worry, they're only in the building another three times this season. I'm sure we'll be able to mention it again. Uh, I'm sure we'll get the same comments again. I'm sure probably the start of the next game, this conversation that you're now receiving for free as part of your podcast subscription, and as a thank you for all of you who join us on Patreon, uh, we're probably going to have to do this exact same conversation. that We might have to go on air about half an hour early to say it, deal with the comments online and then have to deal with it again. You know, it's, I, I, I'm jesting. Um, it, it was, it's completely right comment and it is full credit to the Raiders. Those of you who sat back and watched the Bees TV highlights and relived the game, you can see that there, there were some very good moments for us uh, on the Sunday. There were some less good moments for us on the Sunday. Um, we, we had some chances. We didn't take them. Uh, and it was quite funny across the weekend. If you wind back to last week's podcast, we were talking about going into the weekend, 
The Tigers are going to come to town. They're going to be the toughest test we've had this season with speed, with skill. And then at the opposite end of the the the, 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 the opposite end of the scale, the, the Raiders are going to come to town, the toughest team in the league. It's going to be a real battle. It's going to be a real scrap. In the end, like I there's there's a lot of positives to take from both games. Against the Tigers, we skated with them, we competed with them, we produced chances against them, we and took the victory in overtime. Great performance for the guys against that side. And then against the Raiders, who were tough, who did come with their physical threat, Mason Webster, Jack Flynn, Aaron Connolly, all those guys, Dan Scott, not afraid to play the body, not afraid to put the pressure on. We competed, we battled, we, 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 we ground as hard as we could. Yeah, you would have liked to have seen a few more moments of, of individual brilliance on the Sunday, don't doubt me. But I think overall from the weekend, two points. It's a 500 weekend. We're a 500 hockey team. We're 10 games into the season. Hey, we're still in all this right now. 500 hockey, we're still in this. We get to dictate where our season goes from here. Yeah, I mean, you can't say, you know, we're straggling away, way adrift of the pack already. We're a mid-table team, and you have to consider we have become a mid-table team missing Robin Kovar for a majority. Well, certainly for the opening month, we missed Robin Kovar. We've missed James Galazzi since the very first game. So we're a mid-table team. Getting Robin Kovar back over the last few weeks has certainly improved us. James Galazzi will, obviously, when he returns to the roster, add his own um, skill to the, uh, the game as well. And a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, it's not physical enough. It's not physical enough. One thing I will say is you only need to look at games and discipline this season. If you are striving for five years ago's physicality, where you could lay those big checks and, you know, uh, you could finish your hits and dropping the gloves was fine. That's not the way the game is now. So if you are striving for that kind of uh, return to that old school hockey, you're going to miss out on it for definite because yep. in this day and age, I mean, we've seen the Brendan Baird suspension for what? We're still questioning that here at the Bees. Brendan Baird suspension for what? But if you imagine, if we were to just go out there and play crash bang hockey and finish all our hits, everybody would be serving late hit penalties. Uh, players would be suspended. And then where would we be? We're a 500 hockey team. We've got James Galazzi to return to the lineup as well. Robin Kovar has made his return and is settled in very nicely now as well. And things are under our control. We still have the biggest say in where we're going to end up come the end of the season from this point. Yeah, and it's, it's also not just the fact that Kovar's come in and Galazzi will be coming back. And we'll, we'll get onto obviously the news from the Beast Camp this week in a moment. But... It's also that you've got to think, okay, Koval's gone out of the lineup, Galazzi's gone out of the lineup. That's too lynch. At the start of the season, you're drawing up your lines, you're pretty much going, well, Koval will slot in there, Galazzi will slot in there. As a result, both of them aren't on the ice. So other guys are having to step up, other guys are having to fill in, other guys are, there's been obviously cutting and chopping of lines to make things fit. So obviously, Vanya Antonov is, is a great luxury that we have the, the privilege of being able to welcome into the hive. For four games and on the road as well on occasion, but he's not there every week. And you, you've got to work out, well, do I put Antonov with our best players, uh, but maybe disrupt the harmony that might and the chemistry that might have been growing on a line 
just for the sake of this game or do we do something different? It's all chopping. It's all changing. And it's against that backdrop. It's a 500 hockey team. It's It's got some real positives across all the ice. You look at someone like Ryan Webb, who over the weekend really shone playing a very good, with a great edge to his game and uh, made things happen and battled. Zach Milton, I think, has been flying at the moment. Josh Smith has also come into his own in recent weeks, and sadly he's going to be missing for a couple of weeks through injury, um, uh, which is a, a little bit of a blow, but hopefully he can get back to the form that uh, and uh, that he was beginning to to grow into. And it's all those pieces that you just, you sit there and, and even in defence, you look at Brendan Baird's had four games off. He slotted back in, I think, at the weekend without any real danger. And it's also then given Luke Jackson the chance to go, okay, I'm going to go get, I'm going to stay with the Beast for some games, but if the Hornets are playing, I'm going to take the opportunity to get some ice time, get some game time under my legs so that when I'm coming in to play for the Bees, I'm fresh, I'm good to go. And that's that's a sign of the good relationship that the two clubs have. And it's 500 hockey with a little bit of a backdrop that's a little bit, it's not been smooth, it's not been perfect. There's been other challenges with training times at the rink. There's been other challenges. Just it, it, as a team finds its feet as the season go on, you've got to this point of the season. We're at the start of November. It's a 500 hockey team. It's it's finding its way, and now the pieces should all start coming together and really blending into something that could build into something quite special. Yeah. Now, I mean, looking back to the weekend, I thought Saturday we played very, very well. You know, everyone said how good the Tigers are. And you even said on the Beast TV highlights as well, they're not leading the way for nothing. And we competed with them all over the ice. We were good up front. We were good at the back. We competed with them and we took the points. And then on Sunday, obviously, we lost Josh Smith at the end of the first period to injury. There's no Vanya Antonoff either on Sunday. But the one thing I thought that was slightly strange was the number of maybe unforced errors on Sunday compared to Saturday. Because Saturday, I thought we played a very, very good game against a very, very good team. And we deserved the points. We weren't lucky. We deserved those points. But I think on Sunday, we saw certainly, didn't we, the breakaway goal uh, from Brandon Aliff. Brilliant goal. Absolutely brilliant goal. And, you know, I did say earlier about the players in the Raiders roster, Brandon Aliff is certainly one to watch. Um, you know, he's he's good already and he's only going to get better. And that yeah. was a brilliantly taken goal from an uncharacteristically unforced error on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and there were a couple more as well and things like that, you know. Yeah, we're a 500 hockey team. But the thing is, Doug Shepard will not allow those unforced errors to continue. And you can be certain that it will have been discussed this week and things like that will be eradicated. And while we're a 500 hockey team now, that is only going to get better because, you know, we've got these players that have been out. We've got players to come back and Doug is going to be stressing every week. Look, you know, he's not someone who's going to portion blame and single someone out in the dressing room and say, you were rubbish. You did this wrong. But Doug will just take people aside and say, look, you know, there's a few things you need to work on, blah, 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 blah. And then he'll take someone else aside and he'll say, look, there's a few things you need to work on. But the thing with Doug is he'll say that and then he'll say, but I, you know, I was really impressed with how you did this. So he's never someone who's just going to come in, give you a kick in and then like, you know, send you out. But what he's going to do is he's going to work on those little things, give the players 
you know, just a little heads up that they need to tighten up their games. And then he'll put them back out and give them the confidence to go out there and do rather than actually be worrying like, oh, am I in trouble? Am I in trouble? He'll say, look, you know, didn't think that was great, but, you know, you did this really well. And next week they'll come back and they'll say, right, okay, I know what I need to work on. And they'll go out there with the confidence saying that Doug's still trusting them out there on the ice with that ice time and those shifts. Yeah, and I, and I think that that works both ways on this as well, which kind of nicely brings us into, uh, obviously, this week's news that Gareth O'Flaherty is, is, has now left the Bees um, following his short-term uh, uh, short term time with the club. And we do thank Gareth for all of his efforts uh, while a B player. And he, obviously, the, the press release that went out mentioned there were challenges around the amount of training time that he was able to get with the team. Uh, and as a result, did did we see the best of Gareth O'Flaherty? Probably not. Uh, and I really do hope that Gareth lands somewhere else and gets an opportunity to get full training and get full time with the team. But I think that's also a prime example of the easy option could have been to keep Gareth around. The, the, being blunt, the very easy option could have been to keep Gareth around, yeah. to just have him as part of the squad. He might pick up some ice time here and there. And if you look over the last couple of weeks, You'll see that his ice time had began to dwindle as we move towards this point uh, with Galazzi coming back and other players firming up the roster and such. Like We moved to a point where it wasn't beneficial. He was coming in for one training session a week. He was maybe getting a couple of shifts a game. Once we're up to full pelt and full speed, you end up taking shifts away from other guys. And that's not really fair on the guys who might be performing well who are all of a sudden thinking, well, hang on here, I'm losing out my shifts to to this guy even if Gareth's not doing it doing badly it's it's I think it, it's a fair it's a fair decision across the board it's a fair decision that Gareth feels that he hasn't been able to show his best for the club it's also a fair decision from the club to decide you know what was best for you is actually to, to to depart the club because it's the best thing for us as a team moving forward yeah I mean you know fair play to Gareth for being open and honest saying you know I don't think I'm showing you my best and fair play to Doug for giving him the opportunity then to to go away and hopefully find a team closer because let's not forget Gareth is doing a huge amount of traveling or should I say Gareth was doing a huge amount of traveling week on week coming down for that one training session and indeed for the two games as well especially if you're thinking like you know say this weekend Peterborough at home and then in Romford uh, West London East Essex, whatever. East London, West Essex, wherever they're going. Um, just as well I'm not going on Sunday, isn't here, it? Aren't we, I'll, boys and girls? Just as well I'm not going on out. Sunday. You know, I will say though, Graham, Essex is a lovely place to come from, just not to go to. But anyway, in all fairness, to all right. I do apologise to anyone write, from. Please write your letters in to Mark Denham. <laughs> yes, I do apologise to anyone that I've offended from uh, that area for the second time this week, but. In all seriousness, though, if you take this weekend, that's a lot of travelling that Gareth would have had to do to come down for a training session. And then you've got two South-based games as well. And, you know, like you say, it's a two-way thing. Gareth has put his hand up and said, look, you know, I think I'm struggling to show you my best. And Doug said, OK, fair enough then. You know, we're not going to be selfish and ask you to keep coming because as we start getting players back, like you say, your ice time may very well dwindle. And it's 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 great that 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 mutual mutual decision has been come to, and hopefully, as you say, Gareth is going to end up. You see a press release maybe later this week or next week saying that we've picked up Gareth Flaherty, and all the best to him. Lovely guy, you know, and he did his best. Let's be honest, he did his best in yeah. trying circumstances, 
long journey and a fairly well-established roster as well that he'd come into. Um, but yeah. yeah, he's done his best and he just felt that his best wasn't the absolute best that he could perhaps have given. So it's great that, you know, Gareth now has the chance to go on and hopefully, you know, maybe put his feet up this weekend if he's not got anywhere for this weekend. But then next weekend, hit the ice with somewhere closer to home where he can, you know, avoid the long journeys, go to the training sessions, turn out and force his way into the roster. So good luck to him. Yeah, no, completely agree. A guy who's been, he's been around the uh, the clubs across the country and, and stuck in places and, and, and got himself onto roster in places. Yeah, it, it, it was great to see. It was great to see have him as part of the bees for the time he was here. But as you say, it's it's completely the right call. Uh, mutually beneficial, I think the words is is that they like to use in yeah. these scenarios. And yeah, we do we do wish him all the best. And as, as we say, we've alluded to it. Uh, James Galazzi warmed up this weekend. He's getting closer, boys and girls. He is going to be back in that lineup soon. Uh, and uh, and I'm sure Doug is also not ha- not not happy. It's not the word I'm looking for. I'm sure Doug will still look to improve this team, however he can. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm sure he is continually keeping his eyes and keeping his ears out. I mean, Milton Keynes seem to have an endless pot of gold that they're able to turn to as like the likes of Tom Carlon and, and Liam Stewart and such like are all yeah. signing up there. They're like, it does seem that they, they're able to put the, able to go in the back pocket and dig out. And maybe who knows, there might be, there might be an opportunity for the beast to make some additions to the roster, which are going to be a benefit to the team. Um, you, you can't keep your eyes closed at this stage. Um, you never know what might be available. For example, we recorded this podcast, all happy and joking, done our job on the Thursday, finished the podcast. We'll admit now we had to re-record a bit of the podcast last week because <laughs> there was a bit of an issue with the recording. Um, but even after that, we then signed off, all fine, looked at my phone and went, oh, the Raiders assigned Eric Piatak two hours ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good little pickup. He looked like he might be able to bring something to that Raiders roster. I mean, that was the interesting fact from Sunday's game. People are saying there's been a bit of conversation about where the NIHL national sits and, and how it feels. We both have our opinions. Um, but the big point you can note from Sunday's game, there were four imports on the ice. They contributed a grand total of two points to the game and they were only an assessed, assist aside. Yeah. That shows you how much the British talent is getting an opportunity to shine and how I still firmly believe the NIHL national is a better league than what you were watching last year, boys and girls. I think, you know, I think that I missed the first couple of games because uh, I wasn't very well. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder, you know, like what the difference is going to be. And we spoke and you said to me, oh, it's very different. And the first game I saw, I thought, yeah, do you know what? That is a much better game. And then I spoke to Doug Shepard uh, after the game, the day after, to get his quote for the weekend review. And he said to me, oh, what did you think? And I told him, he said, that's not even the best game we've had here so far this year. So I was thinking, oh, this is quite exciting. But I think, as you say, we if you look back, you know, we had a, an eight-import BNL. We had uh, virtually, what is it, 13 in the Elite League now? Where we are now, we have a two-import NIHL. And it's no secret I'd like to see that go up to three. I really would. But we have a two-import NIHL. Uh, but still you're seeing British players, not just for us, but for all the clubs, up towards the top of the scoring charts. And that's great because those British players are holding their own and they're saying, look, you know what? We're not going to be the supporting cast. We're going to go out there. We're going to prove that we can hold our own, that we can do the job, that we can score well, we can defend well. And of course, 
we can, you know, tend the net well as well because we don't have uh, the the import goalies anymore. So I think we're in a great position here. And yeah, ultimately, I would like to see another import added to the lineup. It would then bring about the number, the question on the number of non-EIHA trained players on the ice at once, because would you then have to have three imports who are on line one, two, and three? Uh, because that may very well be a waste of imports if you use it that way. Or are you going to say that, you know, two can be on the ice at once and then you could have a forward and a defenseman, two forwards, or dare I say it, a goaltender. But that's an unpo- unpopular opinion, That's a isn't different it? conversation for a different day. Yeah, yeah it's true. Like, I, I think we look at what's happening in the Elite League. The Elite League are dropping down one import player. Good news for the Elite League. The import are also re- lifting the law. Sorry, the rule. It's not a law. They're, risk- they're lifting the rule that you can have a certain amount of under-23 British players up to under-25. Good for young British development. What does that mean for our league? It means we actually get squeezed a little bit. Those 24-year-old elite league players who might not have clung on and would come down to our league will now get a an opportunity to go on for another two years in the elite league. The drop in the imports also means that more British players are required in the elite league. It's good. I'm never going to complain about the fact the elite league wants to have more British players. Not a problem at all. It's good for our development good for the national game, etc., etc., etc. But what it does mean for our league is there will be a little bit more of a squeeze, which is where you do need to raise the import level up to 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 make make amends for that change. Is it ideal? No, because you want to give more British talent. But also, in order for us to continue to develop British talent, we will have to raise that import level so that the British players who remain in the NIHL National, have an opportunity to develop their skills alongside other players so that when the opportunity might knock for them to move up to the Elite League themselves, it's not as much as a grander jump. And it's also about how they conduct themselves off the ice, though, isn't it? Because, you know, we mentioned this in a podcast before. Let's take Roman Malinik, for example. What you get with Roman Malinik is not just the performance on the ice, but the way he looks after himself off the ice as well. The same with Robin Kovar. I mean, if anyone's seen Robin Kovar's Instagram, can you find a man who keeps himself in better shape? And that's the I, I, other I think, thing. I think we both do a very good job of it, Mark. I think, I think, you know, I did walk don't... past the gym today. I didn't go exactly. in it. I walked past it. Well, that's good. Well done. Well done. Impressive. Yeah. But Impressive. I mean, if you look at that, you know, that's, that's kind of like a, a work ethic thing that the young British players up and coming can buy into. Because not only do you get to play alongside Roman and Robin and watch the skill that both of them have, and let's be honest, they have it in abundance, but you also get to you get to train with them, you get to hang out with them, and you get to pick their brains as well. And I think, you know, if you add another and make it three, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, if you're going to get up to five, six, seven, okay, that's going a little bit too far. But if you add one more, I don't think it's a bad thing because I think it's going to help with that uh, squeeze that you mentioned with the Elite League offering now more opportunities to younger players. It's also going to be a benefit in what I've just said in that you get to play and train and learn from the import players. But then I have a question, though, Graham. And this is something that we said we wouldn't speak about last week. Not Sweet Caroline versus... Uh, no, the, come no, on, no, no, okay, no, cool. no, no. The Brexit deadline has been pushed back to the 31st of January 2020. Now, if Brexit happens, 
what happens to the non-EIHA-trained players? Because at the moment, obviously, they're European citizens and we are part of Europe and they can freely come and work here. But if Brexit happens, that's going to throw this into chaos, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> welcome to Brexit cast. Um, yeah. um, no, yes. it, you know, it, I don't well, want to get into the in-depths of it, but yeah, it is, though, isn't it? I mean, obviously, that, that, we've avoided it happening at Halloween, so that's good. Yes. So Roman and Robin will still be here at the weekend. That's all good. But uh, you they know, would also stay here anywhere as part yeah. of the EU settled. No, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they would. They would. Yeah. But, you know, if you think there's going to come a time where Roman Malenik will retire or decide not to return, same with Robin Kovar, same with imports across the whole of the NIHL National. And then what do we do? I mean, this, this is, you know, I mean, it's probably not one of the biggest issues in terms of Brexit. <laughs> but for an ice hockey fan, it is, or for an ice hockey team even as well, it is an issue because you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, like, you know, I could easily get imports, but then they're going to be work permit imports and that's a no-no. So yeah. what, what do you do? I mean, it, it's, it is going to possibly upset the apple cart in terms of non-EHA trained players. And there's me saying, well, I don't think two's enough. We should add one more. We may have trouble getting just two in the future. Yeah, indeed. And I, I think it, I'm sure there are some very... Much smarter, much more, uh, much more reasonable heads dealing with that potential headache that's about to come over the horizon with regards to, uh, with well, regards to the non-EIHA trained players and how that's going to work. I think there's a little bit of gone into that with the reclassification that you now receive that import players who play in the UK for more than two years and have a British passport will be considered British players. I do think there's a there's a little bit of an element of that has come into play on it to try and. Uh, to, to reduce some of the impact. But as you say, I don't have the answers. If you do, please put them on the postcard. Same place you, you could put the postcards to us to answer how there be too many men call happened on Saturday. But um, there's a <laughs> there's there's a lot to get into on that. And there's a lot. And I'm sure it'd be quite interesting to find someone who has uh, who's knowledgeable of employment law and how this could work and how what the solutions could be. And I will be honest. I think Boris Johnson hasn't really thought about the issues of the Bracknell Bees. Uh, this he so probably far. hasn't. No, I, I don't think he um, has. Uh, sadly, it's slightly outside his constituency of uh, Uxbridge, though, isn't it? But Indeed. do you know what? As this is a uh, as this is an ice hockey podcast and not a political podcast, I shall keep my opinions on Mr. Johnson to myself. Well, that's very, that's very, that's very kind of you, sir. Um, I won't offend him the same way as I have the people of Bromford. No, indeed. Do not do that. Do not do not offend me. Do you, know, do you know what? Let's move to much safer territory. Let's get me talking about Peterborough. Um, because this That's week, a good idea. <laughs> this weekend at the Hive, we do have the Peterborough. It's quite nice this weekend. We've got teams that we've seen, familiar faces coming back because the Peterborough Phantoms are in town on Saturday night for a 6.15 face-off. It will be a great game. I'm looking forward to this one a lot. School zone night as well, isn't it? Yeah, the school. Do you know what? I thought it was great last weekend, you know, with the school zone as well. Being half-term, we could have two school zone games because kids didn't have to get up for school on Sunday. Although some poor children had their half-term last week, so they would have had to get up. But we won't get into that either. It's great having the school zone kids there because, you know, it ups the noise. But not only does it up the noise and not only does it boost the atmosphere, we're introducing new young people to our fantastic sport as well. And full, full, you know, full praise to Dave and Gemma for the work that they've done on the school zone. It is another school zone game this Saturday. So if you are a registered school, 
even though it's half term, there's no excuse for you not to come down because you're a registered school and it is a school's own game. And it's going to be a cracker, I would imagine. You know, games between the Phantoms and the Bees are always crackers because they are two very, very closely matched teams. The um, the Doug Shepherd way and the Slava Kulikov way are two very different ways as well. But in terms of the way that they match up in terms of skill and strength, they're very closely matched. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Peterborough, I think a lot of people coming into this season assumed, well, they've just re-signed the team that waltzed all before them, bar the big one last season. They're going to do exactly the same this season. I think they fall... They fell slightly into that trap and just assumed the league was going to be the same. And by all means, they've got a very talented roster, a lot of players that you know, most teams in this league would die to have on it. But results haven't just been there. And it's always a bit more harder when you're the team that everybody wants to catch rather than the team that uh, that, that can just sort of fly under the radar a little bit. And I think that's like, Peter have been a little guilty of that so far this season. Everybody's desperate to get one over on the Phantoms. Um, so their results have been probably not as smooth as Slava would have wanted. That's not to say they're a bad team. I think they're an outstanding outfit, and I'm I'm looking forward to Saturday's game, but unfortunately, Mark will not be looking forward to Saturday's game. Well, it's not that I won't be looking forward to it. It's just that I won't <laughs> be at it. Um, I will be looking forward to hearing your dulcet tones describing it, but I, uh, I won't be at it. But no, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of coaches with this new league being set up would have, you know, would have said, okay, what are our targets for this year? And you look at kind of the teams who did well last year, and you think, all right, so I need to try and build a roster that's at least equal to the challenge of. And then you look from last year and you're looking at the Wildcats and you're looking at the Phantoms. Now, ironically, you know, the Wildcats obviously won the league last year, but we had a fantastic head-to-head with them. Um, You know, whereas we didn't have such great head-to-head with the Phantoms who finished in second. But I think a lot of coaches around the league would have thought, right, new league, new challenge. Let's have a little look, see what the Wildcats are doing, see what the Phantoms are doing. They were the two real successful teams last year, and we need our team to be able to compete with them if we want to be successful this year. But then we're seeing, aren't we, you know, like perhaps, and you can understand why, Slavas thought, there's nothing wrong with this team. You know, we could have had the league as well. We should have had Coventry as well. But there's nothing wrong with this team. We were fantastically successful. I'll have the whole lot back. But other coaches have then said, all right, okay, so what did Peterborough do well last year? What can we do about being, you know, a team that can beat them this year? Same with Swindon. And perhaps the Phantoms have just been caught a little bit. I mean, we did see this, didn't we, for a while yeah. with the uh, the Milton Keynes Lightning. The Milton Keynes Lightning joined the, the EPL, as it was, in 2002, and they were all conquering for years, weren't they? But yeah. the problem is that year after year after year, the Milton Keynes Lightning are delighted to announce the return of player A. The Milton Keynes Lightning are delighted to return announce the return of player B. And the problem is, eventually, that roster that Milton Keynes had built up under Nick Paul back in 2002 that had been successful for a good two, three, four years, other teams then thought, all right, well, they're just going to keep signing the same roster. So if we adjust ours like this, we can beat them. And it happened. And that's the thing with yep. Slava this year. You know, he has brought in a couple of tweaks but in essence, he's kept the same roster as last year, whereas others have made changes. And Swindon, as we've seen, have just found reclassified imports everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are some still some fans from a certain place just down the M3, where I might be sitting in right now, who are still slightly confused about the number of imports that Swindon have. It, it, it's two, and then they have three players that are reclassified. They don't have five imports, just, mm. to, be very, just to be very clear. And actually, 
of those three players who have been reclassified, two of them are already reclassified because they've had junior careers over here and have grown yeah. their game as junior players. They're not yeah. import players. Who but, can forget the days, though, Graham, of the Guildford Flames in yes. a four a four import EPL signing a seventh? We're yes. just signing a spare <laughs> for the spare that for we've spare. already got for the other spare. Uh-huh, so what? they had they had seven imports, didn't they, at one stage for a, a, yeah, a four what? import? Yeah. What an era that was where it was Which just... Which then oh, led to the change in the rule, didn't it, over the yes. import suspension? Because obviously Guildford had an import suspended and just dressed another one. Yeah. Because and they had that many of them. You know, like some of them were out directing traffic in the car park. Others were just <laughs> playing for the suspended player. One of them and was just sat at home, wasn't rule. he? One of them yeah, was one, just sat at home. One was sat at home, yeah. One was sat at home. One was suspended. Uh, and then the, the spare just came along just in case he was needed. And another spare played in place of the one that was suspended. And that's what brought about that rule change now, where obviously if your import does get a suspension, you play without the other import as well. You can only have two uh, non-EIHA trained players on your roster. And if one is suspended, the other has to sit out too because you are therefore missing one of them. That's where that rule came from. But yeah, Swindon have certainly, I think, tapped a gold mine though, haven't they, in terms of their uh, reclassified import yes. players. And to be fair, like in the Elite League, they're actually going a little step on that front as well. So at the moment in the Elite League, you get your import gets injured, you replace him. Your import, you decide he's not very good, you replace him. I'm limited. I think next year they've limited it to something like 17 imports across. So I think it's 13 imports at any one time, but you can only sign 17, 18 if one is a netminder in an emergency situation across the season. I like that as well. It means you can't. You can't chop and change your import if you're not happy with them. Um, but also, it means you, you've got to be a little bit more restrictive. You can't just sit there and go, well, we're going to sign 22 imports and we'll just rotate them. I, I do I do give the Elite League credit. That's very good from them. No, I like that. I do like that because, you know, I mean, when you look at suspensions, though, right, when you look at suspensions, if uh, an import gets suspended, then you can't ice your other import and you can't sign a replacement import because he'd also be trapped by the suspension, et cetera, et cetera, even though it's nothing to do with him. And yet, if you get a top British player suspended, you could equally sign another top British player if there happens to be one free and you had the budget for it and play him. So it is a little bit unfair, isn't it, in that respect? Um, Let's say, you know, you look at Edward Nags, he gets suspended. We could, if we had the budget and one was available, go out and sign another top defenseman, register him in time, and he could play. That's a little unfair, isn't it? Yeah, massively unfair. Massively unfair. But but I get you know what can you do though? What can you do? You just have to accept it. Sadly. The rules are the rules. Exactly. Um, so that's Saturday in a roundabout way. That's Saturday to look forward to. Peter Phantom's coming to town. Should be a cracker. And then Sunday, it's a chance for a little bit of revenge. Very quickly as we make the trip uh, to. Let's get this right, Mark. Let the, get the. I'm just getting the graph map up. Just getting the map up. There's Romford. There's London. London is to the west. Okay, that's good. So that means London is very east, and that means Essex is very west. Um, yeah, so Romford uh, Raiders, we're going to on Sunday for that game. I'm sorry. I'm being very cruel there, I feel. Very facetious. Very facetious. Um, uh, I, I, your, your reward is you get to go to Romford. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. what? Carry on being facetious. <laughs> so the Raiders, I mean, obviously be very keen to turn around that defeat from this weekend put in a yeah. strong performance in their barn um obviously a cup game as well so very important to get a, to get some to get some points there and another strong performance indeed i mean do you know what like it was close on sunday 
it was close. It could have been either way, but ultimately uh, it went in favour of the Raiders. And that's not to say that they were lucky. They did play a good game. Uh, three well-taken goals. You can't take anything away from them. But the thing for the bees here is that will have hurt them a little and they will be looking on Sunday to say, look, you know, we're not happy with what happened. We want to go out there. We want to be clinical and we want to come back to Bracknell with the points from that game. It should be good. It should be good. So uh, I think we're pretty much done for the day. Anything else you need to add in I and let everybody know about? I can't think of any more people I need to offend or any more controversies I need to open. So I think we're done. That's good. Firstly, thank you very much to all of you who are our Subscribe to us on Patreon. That's why you're receiving this weekly podcast. We really do appreciate all your support. It really it, it, it drags us out of bed. To let you sort of know, like, numbers, this weekend was the most we've ever had for unique listeners on a single game. We had over 280 unique listeners for the game on Sunday. That was good. Uh, it was also our highest viewing, viewing, viewing uh, listening figures for a game. It was around about 800 people listening. So really do appreciate it. But most importantly, we really do appreciate those of you who are signed up on our Patreon page who do help donate towards our running costs. It really is appreciative. We hope you enjoy these podcasts. We hope you uh, um, suffer through what our ramblings and enjoy what <laughs> enjoy what we have to add to the proceedings. But there is plenty of other three content as well. Mark, how can fans stay up to date with all the latest to do with the TSI World Bracknell Bees? All the latest is on the website at bracknellbees.com. If you're a social media fan, then you can go to Facebook, you can go to Twitter, That'll be Bees Ice Hockey. And if you are an Instagram fan, then you're looking at The Bracknell Bees on Instagram. If you want to get tickets for Saturday, you can phone on 01344 789 000. Tickets will, of course, be available on the door as well. It is a school zone game, so it is going to be busy. So while tickets will be available on the door, you may wish to pre-book them on that number, 01344 Oh, that's brilliant. That's perfect. Don't forget, you can also catch all the highlights from Bees TV. There's two loads from this weekend to catch up and watch through. All good stuff. I think we should leave it there, Mark. Pleasure as ever. Sad to be missing you on Saturday, but I'm sure you'll be tuning in. I will be tuning in and enjoying your dulcet tones. Oh, they're the best tones in the sport, apparently. Mark, pleasure as ever. And to all of you as well, thank you very much indeed for listening. Thank you for all your support. And until next time, goodbye. Bees Radio Network. BracknellBees.com.